You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. All right, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Cam Daly. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm the campus pastor here at Rail City Campus. And so if this is your first time here, so welcome to you. Uh, for those of you who, uh, you know, you're well known around these parts, I missed you guys. I sincerely did. Uh, last time I was here was that fateful day where it was pouring rain and we had an outdoor service. <laughs> and uh, and so it's kind of, it's, it's bizarre when you miss two weekends, you miss two Sundays. It's been like three weeks since I've been with, with, with you all and uh, I've honestly missed you. To give you a little bit of a recap where I've been and what I've been doing, uh, you know, Last weekend, last Sunday, Jessica and myself and Amy, we were away uh, on Main Island getting a little bit of vacation time, celebrating Amy's second birthday, uh, which is so great. And, uh, and so that was super fun. And then the week before that, I was actually on, I was on Vancouver Island. I was at Camp Quanos, uh, and I was sharing with middle school kids there about who Jesus is, about what he's done for them, about his great love for them. Uh, incredible opportunity. Camp is back in full swing there. 450 kids uh, were present, got to speak to them twice a day, got to speak to their staff. So 21 times in seven days, uh, I was able to speak at, at Camp Quanos, uh, which is a lot of work, right? And so somewhere like, how was your time away? I was like, yeah, it was a lot of speaking. It was a lot of the same, but uh, so much fun. And honestly, it was incredible. Uh, there were so many kids there who had never heard about Jesus, uh, God, or who he was, or what he's done. Uh, and over our time at that week there, there was well over 120 kids who made first-time decisions to follow Jesus, uh, which was so profound. Yeah, we can give it up for that. Why not, right? And, uh, and so just such an incredible opportunity for me to be able to come and share with them there. So thank you for sharing me uh, with, uh, with, with Camp Quanos and Vancouver Island. Give me some time away. We had Pastor David come and, and speak. We had, we had uh, Nathan Borbe, uh, who spoke last week. Give it up for Nathan. Come on. And we are continuing in our series going through the I Am Statements of Jesus in the book of John, in the gospel of John. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Jesus makes these statements. He's defining who he is in his own words, who he is in his own words. This is not to say that the other words that were written about him are lesser than. We're not necessarily red-letter Christians around here. But I do think it's incredibly important for us to, to see who Jesus said he was, especially in a cultural moment, in a time where not even Christians, not even people who are followers of Jesus seem to agree on this person of Jesus. Uh, in, in a time in our world where every world religion, philosophy, and ideology has an opinion about who this person Jesus is, it is so key and pivotal for us to go, Jesus, who did you say you were? Jesus, who did you say you were? Uh, and John, John records these statements, these self-declarations of who he is. And so throughout this series, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about the fact he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. That's what we heard last week. This week, I am the door of the sheep. The following week, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection 
and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And finally, I am the vine. And then we're going to dig our way into a couple of the I am not statements. Jesus didn't just say who he was, but also who he wasn't. And so that's going to be interesting as we conclude our summer. And today we're talking about this idea, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. And so, you know, today, uh, you know, Jesus is concerned about the doors we are walking through and the voices we are listening to. Jesus is concerned about the doors that we are walking through and the voices that we are listening to. And we see this in this parable that he begins to unpack for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know about you. Have you ever walked, walked through the wrong door or walked into the wrong door? I've had a couple of experiences. One, uh, and Jessica and I one time in a parking lot walk up to a car and open up the door of the car, get in, and then realize it's not our car. <laughs> but this, the sketchy part about it was my key opened that door. <laughs> and so I, I, I don't know how that works, but it wouldn't start the car, right? And I, we began to realize, oh, wait a second, we are in the wrong car. Ever since moving into our apartment here in Port Moody, we live just above the Legion, uh, off St. John's on Clark there. For whatever reason, the people who live above us about four times a year walk into our apartment. <laughs> and it happens all the time, right? Like, and it's always like the same reaction. They're walking in, looking at their phone, sometimes with their dog. They look up and they see us there, right? So now I've gotten so used to them walking in the wrong door that I just go, hey, how are you? <laughs> Come on in, right? Like, <laughs> so, it, but it, it happens all the time. Like, and uh, one night, I, this is kind of a funny version of this story where I was like, I was lying on the couch. I was, you know, kind of almost in like a sleepy, almost asleep kind of state. And he walks on in. And if you know me, I'm a sleepwalker. So I had a very extreme reaction to this entry and started running towards the door yelling. Right? <laughs> he was very terrified. He texted me afterwards, hey, I'm really sorry, man. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why we keep walking in the wrong door. And, and so maybe you've been someone who's walked in the wrong door before. Jesus is also concerned about the voices that we're listening to. Uh, and sometimes the voices that we're listening to that lead us astray are actually our own voice, uh, our own voice. One of the things that I, I'm still learning and Jessica wishes that I would learn is just to listen to her voice, right? Uh, and so some, oftentimes as we're driving, she'll tell me, oh, we need to make a right here. And I'm like, no, we, we just got to keep going. And inevitably, I make the wrong turn, right? Uh, this happened to me a couple weeks ago as my, I was getting a, a lift to Camp Kwan or to the ferry with my mother-in-law. And I said, no, I think we're supposed to go this way when really we're supposed to go right. And it, you know, added five or ten minutes to our, to our drive. I should have listened to her voice. So uh, a couple things we, we need to learn. Always listen to your wife's voice. Always listen to your mother-in-law, all right? Uh, <laughs> Jesus today is concerned about the doors that we're walking through and the voices that we're listening to. In John chapter 10, uh, we're, we're kind of heading into a part one, part two story. Uh, and in, in part one, Jesus makes this declaration that I am the door of the sheep. And in part two, he says, I am the good shepherd. We're going to hear more about that next week. But today, we're going to focus on verses one to 10. And so if you're willing, if you're able, can we stand uh, as we read God's word? We're going to read uh, John chapter 10, where Jesus speaks about voices. And he speaks about doors. Here's what he tells us. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over a wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the door must surely be a thief and robber. 
But the one who enters through the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The keeper opens the door for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. And it continues, they won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration, they didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the door of the sheep. It's our statement for this week. And all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastor. The thief's pur- purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so, let's pray together. Jesus, uh, today you're talking to us about doors. You're talking about voices. Speaking of voices. <laughs> Little voices next door. God, I pray that your voice would be loudest today, that we would hear from you, and that Jesus, as you give us these statements, once again, we listen to a statement about who you are, that God, that we would, um, as we hear those words, we would consider them for those of us who are unsure about who you are, we would be corrected by them, and that God, we would learn uh, what it means to live in light of them. And so help us with this today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. You may be seated. And so, Jesus is telling us a story, a parable. And and there's a bunch of questions that come to mind when reading it. The first is this, who is he speaking to? Who is the audience? Who is listening to him tell this story? And why does he make the particular statements that he does in this story? Well, Jesus is telling us this story in light of the events that happened before this. In John chapter 9, we read a story of a man who had been blind since birth, and Jesus encounters him. But because of his blindness, it was a common belief amongst the Jewish people that blindness was due and a result of sin, the sins of past generations or that person's sin. And because of this, he could not enter the synagogue or the temple. He was not considered uh, to be included in, in these worship services. They were holy places where not even an animal with blemish could enter, never mind a human being. But Jesus sees this situation differently. He doesn't see this as a result of sin, but actually what he says, rather this is an opportunity for God to receive glory. This this man's blindness will be used to glorify God. And he sees this situation to show compassion and care to this man. Jesus sees the, different, the situation differently. So he approaches this man and he heals him of his blindness. A rather strange story. He gets mud and, and, and saliva. He mixes it together. He puts it in the man's eyes. And then he tells him to go and wash himself in a pool. The pool of Siloam. And so this man goes, his eyes are opened, everyone is in amazement, the, the story unfolds. Is this not the man? He looks so much like the man who was blind, but this man can see. Because of this, they end up taking 
this man to, to before the Pharisees. These were the pastors, the religious leaders of that day and time. They were concerned about a couple things. One, this man is clearly being healed. But two, this man was healed on the Sabbath, the day of rest, when no one in that nation, in that time, following the commands of God, were, were meant to do any work. And so they, they begin, you know, inquiring about how he was healed. They begin investigating. They begin questioning him uh, about these things. And finally, they're so upset about the situation, they take this man who has been healed, and rather than welcoming, welcoming him into the synagogue, welcoming him back into the worship services, they throw him out of the synagogue. Jesus, hearing these things and seeing these things, is very upset. He's very upset about the situation, about what has just taken place. He's healed this man. They've been, he's been rejected by the religious leaders. He's been thrown out of the synagogue. And so Jesus begins to tell us a story in light of that, a story in which he is telling to the Pharisees and also those who were inquiring alongside of them. In chapter 10, Jesus is responding to this situation. He tells a parable to correct, to teach, to point them to the truth. He's, he's highlighting two things that I want to highlight for us today. What are the voices we are listening to? And what are the doors you are walking through? First, he, he speaks to this idea of voices, listening. It actually shows up a lot in this chapter, if you look all throughout the, you know, chapter 10, it comes up time and time again. They hear my voice and they listen to me. They, they, they listen to me because they, they know me. And, and it, it comes up five or six times in this chapter, this idea of voices and listening. And when you see a pattern like that in the scriptures, you can't ignore it. It's, it's a point. It's a point that's being made in that text. And it comes up time and time again, voices and listen, voices and listen. Jesus is concerned about whom they are listening to, the voices that they're following. He says, my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep, they know my voice and they follow me. It's interesting. Uh, my daughter, who just turned two, as I shared earlier, she is absolutely obsessed with Frozen, okay? Like everything is Frozen. Every, every spare moment needs to be, you know, something Frozen related. She loves the song. She loves the action figures, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and you know, my parents have taken this, you know, far too far, actually. Uh, they, they, we've got a frozen kitchen. They've got frozen dolls. They've got a frozen mic, you know, uh, microphone. They, like everything they're getting here, they bought her frozen sunglasses. It was like, okay, this is, but she loves it. Like she absolutely loves it. But it's funny. The other night, we had a kind of a frozen-themed birthday party for her. Some of you were there. Uh, those of you with small children, you weren't left out. Okay, so, but, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, and, um, it's funny, though, we're playing the songs, and if the songs are not Anna Elsa, Anna Elsa, the, who she keeps talking about, she gets upset. No, Daddy, I want Anna Elsa. Sometimes they, they'll have these, like, frozen songs that are done. They're, like, covers, or, like, it's, like, the Broadway version or something, and she gets very upset, very upset, 
because it's not their voices, right? It might be the same song. It might be the same melody, but it's not their voices. She knows their voice, and she listens for them, and she gets very, very upset when it is not on Elsa, right? And um, she knows their voice. She knows their voice. And, and Jesus says, do you know my voice? Do you, it, not just does it have the same melody, does it sound kind of like me? Do you know my voice? Because he says, my sheep, they know my voice, and they listen to me. They listen to me. And he says it over and over again in this text. Have you learned the voice of Jesus? How do we learn the voice of Jesus? It's through speaking with him, praying to him but also listening to him, that we can begin to attune our ears to his voice. It's through reading the scriptures that we begin to get to know the voice of God, what he sounds like, what he talks about, the things that are important to him, the things that he is opposed to. It's also, it's, it's just through spending time with him. It's also through spending time with his people who know his voice. That we as, a, as followers of Jesus, Jesus is very concerned about the voice that we're listening to. Do you know my voice? Because my sheep, they know my voice. They know my voice. And when somebody else comes along who is trying to lead them and, and they use a voice that is different than mine, my sheep, they do not follow their voice. They do not follow their voice. It says my voice, my voice when my sheep hear it, they come and they follow me and I lead them to, to good pastors, to good places. I lead them through the door, as we've been talking about, the door that leads to, to good things that are for them. But these, these thieves, these robbers, when they use their voice and the, sheep's, the sheep begin to listen, it leads them to places of destruction. It leads them to the desert. It leads them to places of harm. You see, the people in John chapter 9 had been following not the voice of God, but the voice of the religious leaders, the Pharisees. These Pharisees had become so obsessed with the law that they had been distracted from the real truth of the scriptures. They had missed the main point. The law was created to guard and create life. And also connect us to the one who gives us life. That we would be in right relationship with him. That we would be operating in a sense that we, could be, that we would experience life. But they began to miss the point. They started to create laws on top of laws on top of laws. And their eyes and hearts were fixed on the law. And not on the giver of the law. The giver of life. And they began to distract the people from the truth. This is why Jesus is often, often grumpy with religious leaders because they were missing the point. They were veering off the path and the same is true in this story. These religious leaders, rather than being in amazement and in wonder of what God had done in healing this man of blindness, they're sitting around concerned, questioning and interrogating him. Why? Because he was healed on the Sabbath. And, and this didn't, you know, fit Sabbath law. And you're breaking Sabbath law. So, you, you know, to mix mud with saliva is work. You're working. That isn't okay. To heal is work. And, and they're so concerned with the law that they're missing the main point. That the Messiah, that God had come among us. That God had been working in this man's life and healed him. They, they totally missed it. And Jesus says, you're listening to the wrong voices. 
These voices that you've been following, they're leading you astray. It says, my sheep, they know my voice and they follow me. My sheep, they listen to what I have to say and they follow my leading. He is criticizing he is critiquing the religious leaders, the pastors of that day. And he says something that would be rather offensive to them. You are thieves and robbers. You are thieves and robbers. You are actually stealing from the flock. Here's how this applies to us. We are called to not be misled by false voices and false shepherds, but rather to listen to his voice. Like I said, the Pharisees had become obsessed with the law and religiosity. And they clearly missed the fact that Jesus was healer, savior, and forgiver. And this can happen today. This can happen today with pastors, leaders, and preachers who begin to obsess and teach without Jesus at the center of their teaching. They begin to add requirements to what it means to follow Jesus. They begin to lift their ideas, their good ideas, higher. And even religious ideas, higher than the good news of Jesus, they begin to make secondary things that of first importance. This happens in the book of Acts. Some of you might remember. It's a little bit of an awkward uh, example in our day and our time. But there was a group of people in the early church who said it was following Jesus and being circumcised, right? That's what it meant to be a Christian. And they begin to, to, this outward marker of circumcision becomes a primary marker of what it means to be a believer in their mind. And they become, they get corrected. We've seen this in, in history, where when the Nazi regime uh, and party began rising up the ranks, Clergy began to say that to be a German was to follow Jesus, but also to have allegiance to the Third Reich and their leader, Adolf Hitler. They began to replace crosses with swastikas in churches. They began to replace Bibles with, with another book. This happens in history. And there are some today that suggest that the gate, the door to the Christian faith... To be a follower of Jesus is to align yourself with Christ and a political party. Christ and a political philosophy. Christ and a certain leader. And, and, and we call this Christian nationalism. And they're saying to be a Christian means to, to, to be a member of a nation, to follow a certain party, and follow Jesus. This is very dangerous. Very dangerous. And we too in Canada can begin to do this as well. To be a Christian is to be a Christian and to vote conservative and to vote PPC and to vote. It's to follow a specific leader or a specific mentality. Or, and, and this is incredibly dangerous, incredibly dangerous. When any preacher including this preacher, begins to tell you that the gospel sounds like this. Jesus, to follow Jesus is, is to follow him and fill in the blank. And fill in the blank. You know you're heading into an area of teaching that is a diversion from the fundamental and primary truth of the gospel. Beware of any voice that tries to, to lead you to elevate any cause, any cause, any philosophy, any ideology above the gospel, the good news of Jesus. The soon as something else becomes primary that you must believe this, 
outside of the gospel, you know you're being led astray. And there are many of them today. There are podcasts. There are influencers. There are past pastors who are trying to use their influence and their following to lead people away from the good pastors of Jesus the life that he offers. And Jesus has a very harsh word. He has a harsh label for them in this text. He says they are thieves and they are robbers. Woo! This is intense. (laughs) You are thieves and robbers. Why are you thieves and robbers? Because these individuals are stealing from you the life-giving message of Jesus. The simple and yet profound gospel. They are adding requirements for entry into the kingdom. They are adding to the burden of following Jesus. They are taking from some some of you, in some cases, eternal life. By leading you down different paths and through different doors. And Jesus says, do not listen to their voice. My sheep, they follow me. They follow my good news. They follow my gospel. They don't begin to listen to the voice of these these others who are trying to lead them astray. Jesus says, do not listen to them. Listen to me. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Listen to the good news. What is the good news? Good news is point two. Jesus is the door. He is the door that we walk through and entered in. Jesus is concerned about the doors that we are walking through. What does he say? He says, I tell you the truth. This is verse 7. I tell you the truth. I am the door of the sheep. And all who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep do not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. Those who come and go freely will find good pastors. The thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come. I have come. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He says, I am the door. I am the access point. And through simply following my lead and following, listening to my voice, you are permitted access to walk through the door to eternal life. Eternal life. And good pastors. A good and fulfilling life, a rich and satisfying life, this text tells us. This is a bold claim, and it isn't missed on me. The exclusiveness of this offer. Jesus is saying, I am the door to eternal life. Me. (laughs) I, I, I am the way. There is no other path. There is no other door. And I recognize how offensive these words might be in 2021. In Metro Vancouver, with all of our diversity of thought and opinion, philosophy and worldview and religion, that Jesus is saying, I am the door. He is declaring that anyone who claims another door outside of him or tries to enter the kingdom or eternal life through any other means is a thief and robber because they are trying to steal from you eternal life. He is claiming this exclusive access is through him and him alone. And this statement flies in the face of other world religions, philosophies, and ideologies claiming to be the door. And we have to wrestle with that as we look at Jesus' very own words. This is a, this statement in some ways uh, could, could feel like a personal attack to somebody who says, well, I believe that I can get in through being good or through being a good person. 
This statement is a direct conflict of the Western mindset that we've come to accept of pluralism, that all paths and all ways lead to God and eternal life. And Jesus today is confronting us and confronting them. He says, I am the door. I am the door. And I get to decide who is in and who is out. How does this apply to to John chapter 9? Well, these religious leaders, these Pharisees, after talking to this man who had been healed, what do they do? They throw him out the door. It says they actually threw him out of the synagogue. And Jesus, in response to this, is saying, you don't get to decide who's in and out. I do. I do. Jesus is coming alongside this vulnerable person who for most of his life had been a beggar, who had been excluded from worship, from from worship services and from the community of God. And he's saying, I get to decide who enters. I am the door. You religious leaders, you Pharisees, you've missed it. I am the way. And he will enter the kingdom. He will enter the family of God. He will have free access to me. Because he has come through me. He says, yes, I am the door. And those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely. And they will find good pastures. You see, what he is saying is that those who claim to know other doors or other paths are leading us down treacherous treacherous paths, not life-giving ones. And so the challenge for each of us is this. Will we follow his voice? Will we walk through his door to have eternal life? This is Jesus' own words. It's a challenging one for us. As I was thinking about doors, it reminded me of uh, the show on on Netflix called The Good Place. A very philosophical kind of idea, uh, or sorry, show that's that's talking about how do you get into the good place uh, and who gets into the bad place, and and there happens to be a middle place, and there's all this discerning, right? Uh, and and they're they're trying to figure it out. And in season two, there's this, this, uh, this moment of testing where the, the great judge, the high judge, is testing Tahini. She sends her down a hallway that is full of doors. And the test for her is this. Will she walk through these doors? And uh, on each door, it's labeled, uh, you know, very prominent and important people that she would love to spend time with. <laughs> uh, and she has to walk down this hallway and not enter the doors but get to the very door that is at the end. That is the test. And I think that's true for many of us. We, as we are walking through this life, there is plenty of doors calling our name. They're labeled with enticing and promising things. They're telling us that they lead to life and they lead to good pastors. But Jesus is challenging us today. He says, no, I am the door. Don't be like my neighbors upstairs. Don't walk through the wrong door. He says, I am the door. I am the the way to eternal life. And so, this is our challenge today as we take Jesus at his own words. What voices are we listening to? And what door are we walking through? In a world full of other doors, the challenge for the believer is to follow his leading, to listen to his voice, to walk through his door that leads to eternal life. So I'm going to pray for us. 
The band's going to come up, and I'll lead us into communion. Jesus, thank you uh, for your words today. Lord, um, they're challenging. <laughs> they are challenging, challenging words. I think for many of us, as we begin to consider, we recognize that there are voices that we've been listening to and following. There are other doors that we've been testing and walking through. And Jesus, your, your I am statement today, it challenges our, where we're at. It challenges us to attune our ears to your voice, to get to know your voice so we can discern what will lead to life and what will lead to death. It's challenging our faith, our faith to trust in you alone. Jesus, you said you are the path to eternal life. And for many of us, it is a major faith step to say, okay, I'm going to choose to walk through that door. And so I pray today by your spirit, for those of us who have been listening to other voices, those of us who have been placing our trust by walking through other doors, that by your spirit, you would help us be a people who listen to your voice and, and trust you walking through your door. Help us to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.